Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey you guys, welcome to Steel Wars. I am comedian Steel Saunders and I do love Star Wars. And welcome back to our Star Wars celebration coverage. If you're just downloading in, we are covering the entire weekend, all the things that I do and say, the people I meet with the Star Wars Celebration blog pods. Now, I've started a new episode in the middle of the day because we're about to go into the How to Podcast Like a Jedi Master panel. Uh, Andy from the Star Wars Podcast Awards will be hosting and I'll be on the panel with a bunch of my favorite people that I've met through Star Wars podcasting. So people wanted it recorded so they could hear it. So if you are new to the Steel Wars podcast and you've just come to hear the panel, welcome. Please check out some of our other entries from Celebration. We've actually got interviews, very quick and fun interviews with Kathleen Kennedy, Daisy Ridley, uh, Ryan Johnson, John Boyega, and Kelly Marie Tran on a previous ep. And uh, we'll have more conversations with people we meet throughout the weekend. I'm really excited about this. So let's see how it goes. All right. Well, welcome. Hello and welcome to Star Wars Celebration 2017. Uh, How are you guys having fun? You enjoying it? Fantastic. I don't know about you, but I'm still uh, wiping away tears. My eyes might be a little red from this morning. Um, that trailer was absolutely incredible. Well, uh, I want to thank you all for coming today. This is a uh, an interesting uh, panel that we're doing. It's a how to start podcasting. Now, uh, in the audience, how many of you already have a podcast? Woo! Fantastic. Nice. Um, and uh, how many of you are interested in making one? <laughs> uh, and that's exactly what I wanted to see. Um, well, we've uh, we've gathered here today a bunch of so much talent from so many different backgrounds and we're going to be going over everything from the nitty-gritty of like technical things to like what you need to actually record them to actually going into more just personal stories about how they got into podcasting and what it means to to us uh, in that situation. Um, So first thing we're going to do, we're going to introduce our panel. We have a lot of people here, um, but I want you guys to, uh, your name, the show that you currently are hosting, and what was the show that inspired you to get into podcasting? Start with you, Steel. Wow. My name's Steel Saunders. I do a show called Steel Wars, and it's weird. I think the show that inspired me to do a Star Wars podcast was uh, Mark Maron's WTF. And because uh, I just thought that'd be a, a cool thing to like take that and put into Star Wars. So uh, yeah, that's it's a not I guess the normal answer. But then Amanda thinks it is because <laughs> that's her answer as well. A little bit. Hi, my name is Amanda Ward. Um, I am a co-host on Rebel Girl, and yeah, I was kind of also inspired by Mark Maron, um, and also a little bit David Letterman. I just wanted to be able to talk about things I like. <laughs> So, that's all. Um, 
I'm Steph. Um, I co-host Rogue Podron, uh, Blaster Cannon, and something else that I've forgotten. <laughs> Weston Reaches, yeah. Um, so that I was a very helpful heckle. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Good one. Um, I actually got inspired to do Star Wars podcasting by making Star Wars. So this guy here, um, because I just really liked the chemistry they had, and I was like, these guys are cool. I want to do this kind of thing because it's rad. So yeah. My name is uh, Randy LaGiudice. I co-host Now This Is Podcasting, and I produce that show, and as well, uh, Rebel Girl. Hi, everybody. Uh, my name is Riley, and I'm the guy whose fault it is for the Star Wars Report. Uh, so I do the Star Wars Report podcast. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a, as far as podcasting inspiration, it's a tough one because there are a ton that I really want to list. None of it is worth your time, but I will say this. Um, the world of Star Wars podcasting in 2011 was when I started, and I thought, man, it's so there's so many. Why would anyone ever listen to me? There's so many podcasts out there already, and uh, turns out I was totally wrong. And if you're thinking that today, you are too. <laughs> so, like podcasting itself, I think from all of us, it starts from just a basic passion. Um, you, every single one of you in here has something that you are passionate about Star Wars and you could talk about it for hours. If like you got yourself rolling, like you would go on and on and on. Now, the thing about podcasting is you're sharing that, that voice um, to a, a very professional looking medium, um, which is then accessible and then things like this happen where you can actually um, have people that it's real uh, humbling when you actually see the people in front of you that listen to what you have to say. Um, so, the thing about Star Wars is it's very broad. There's so much to Star Wars. And the thing about podcasts is each podcast here has a unique voice, a unique, um, a unique way of the, the way that they look at Star Wars itself. Um, whether it be focusing on like uh, diversity or, or literature or what have you, there's always something that sets it apart from uh, every other podcast out there. Um, a little bit of backstory of myself. Last year I did the Star Wars Podcast Awards again this year. And I did a, we, we collected, with my colleague Mike, we collected a list of every podcasters out there. Um, and there was about active, about 250 or so, 300 active Star Wars podcasts in 2016. Um, and in the end, of course, in the podcast awards, there's only like 14 categories, 14 were, were fan voted. But it always goes down to, it doesn't matter that it's intimidating, it's just whatever your unique voice is, it'll then come out. Um, and I wanted to go over... Uh, for Steel, for example, um, I want you to talk about what makes your show different and how did you go into it thinking that this is going to be different from the other shows that are out there? Okay. I, um, I listened to, like, before I started Star Wars podcasting, I did a, and I still do a comedy podcast back home in Australia, and I listened to tons of Star Wars podcasts, like, just so many, and... I wanted to talk about it, but I was like, well, all these guys sort of have it covered, so what am I going to do? And so I thought I'd do a podcast, a Star Wars podcast for people that don't listen to Star Wars podcasts. <laughs> so to talk to people about their stories, like in like being fans and how it relates to their life, and like try to find like celebrities back home and, and people of interest that could just talk about Star Wars sort of the way Mark Maron interviews people and like my wife loves Star Wars but she would never listen to a Star Wars podcast because it's too intricate so I thought I'd make something that was sort of funnier 
or, or concentrate on being funny and not so you didn't have to know like um, who IG88 was like just simple things like that that we probably everyone in the room takes for granted so it was sort of just to like show how fun being a Star Wars fan was and without having to know like the, the intricacies and like it, it's gone on to where we do shows that sort of do more of that but the basic premise was to like show the wider world that like being a Star Wars fan is like super fun and that there's some like a, an amazing array of Star Wars fans out there so that, that was sort of the thing to like I thought like all the news ones I was like well I like this show they do a good job what can I do that's like different so that was genesis of the Steel Wars podcast I think we tried to create something that filled a niche that I thought was necessary. We've only been doing it for a couple of years, but uh, in Star Wars, especially in fandom, like women's issues have been a really big thing um, for the last, you know, four or five years. There's a lot of things that we've been discussing, and and I felt like I wanted something where we could talk about those sorts of things, as well as just talk about Star Wars in general and feminism, but make it accessible for everyone. So men, women, feminists, and non-feminists, and just do it in a really casual way that didn't feel like preachy or uh, like too technical. So yeah, we just tried to make something that was like super casual and fun and felt like a conversation, but about important issues. Now, one thing I'm, I'm curious from uh, some of the people on the, on the stage here, uh, you guys all have, uh, most of you have like people that you talk with, you have your co-hosts. Um, I want to know a bit um, from you, Saf, uh, how did you choose your co-host for um, some of the shows that you do, like Rogue Podron? Where um, did that come through so that you can make your show unique with the people that you're doing? Um, Rogue Podron was an interesting one because I was there from the start. Most of the other podcasts I have been brought on to after, they've kind of been around. Um, Rogue Pod was our, my co-host Danny's idea. It was his brainchild, and he messaged me at some point and was like, I want to do a podcast where we read the Rogue Podron books with somebody who knows about the books. Not Rogue Podron. Uh, Rogue Squadron. <laughs> Rogue Squadron. Um, and so I was like, yeah, let's do this. And so we kind of got a team together. We got our friend Meg because um, she read the books and we loved her. And then we took a while to figure out who our fourth person would be because we were like, we want someone who we know like a lot and we'll have fun with and then I think one of I remember who one of us was like what about Heath Heath's Heath awesome who is in the audience at the moment um, and because all of us have we're all really like opinionated people um, we all care a lot about like representation and diversity we all have senses of humour um, and so we kind of put it together through that like we did genuinely think about who to bring on and how to make it like a good podcast with like a good voice and yeah it was it was nice being able to do that um, to continue on, I mean, the let's say when you're making a show, you choose your topic of what you wanted to talk about, which is Star Wars, and then a bit more into um, maybe feminism or making it something more accessible um, or making it something completely unique, like reading uh, Rogue Squadron <laughs> books um, going in blank. I mean, that's something that you don't really see in like a podcast, and now here we are. Um, I want to know from um, uh, what Randy what we're looking at for... Um, Whenever you're building your podcast, one of the first things you're looking for is a name. And in the process of making Star Wars, now this podcasting, and, and now Rebel Girl, which you did with Amanda as well, um, what was the process behind the name part? Um, we wanted, it's so tough coming up with a name for a podcast. That's like one of the first things. You're like, I want something that's really, really cool. I want it to be original. I don't want it to sound. I want something that everyone can necessarily get I'm not sure if we necessarily got that but now this is podcasting 
from the Phantom Menace. It was unique. It stuck with us. We enjoyed it. And yeah, it took so. like a year to get it. The, yeah, I remember you. There were one day she was on the show and uh, she was skyping through, and then all of a sudden we were doing the intro. She's all, "I get it." <laughs> like, we, we get what? It was like a year later. <laughs> so I get the name of your show. I think you've been on this show for like forty episodes now. You get it now? Oh man, I was gonna say I just got it then as a joke. I still don't. <laughs> <laughs> I am not the brightest person. <laughs> you know, Andy, it's funny you mentioned that because you, it just made me think in terms of naming. For the, the genesis of the Star Wars report was a, mo- a very short-lived monthly show that I was just going to test the waters in. Uh, it was like in high school at the time. I was like, you know what we're going to call it? We're going to talk about the news, and we're going to call it the Bothan Report. Oh, right? no. It's going to be like, we're just going to be the spies. This is like, <laughs> And then uh, I very quickly realized over the We're going to die, Bethany! <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly, yeah. I was like, A, we're in trouble now. B, also, not, exact, not exactly straightforward. So uh, I learned something a little, a little bit about just making an easy access point for the podcast. It's like, you know what? Let's make this weekly, and also let's just put Star Wars in the title, maybe? That might be a good thing. Yeah. The original name of my podcast was This Isn't the Podcast You're Looking For, because I didn't think, like, Star Wars fans would like it. So it was like, I know a lot of people have the tagline of This Is the Podcast You're Looking For, and so I thought that'd be, uh, like, a funny thing. And then after about three weeks, I got so sick of saying the title and, like, explaining (laughs) to people. Uh, So then I begrudgingly change I didn't want to have my name in it and then people just like just do it and it, it sort of worked out because that's one of the important things about making um, the name of your show is it also has to like have like, a nice ring to it like alliteration and things like um, and it has to honestly it has to look good in like a Twitter handle I think like <laughs> yeah. if you want to have it like to be honest, now this is podcasting, your Twitter handle sucks. Like, yeah. it's pretty bad. Yeah. Because like, it's so long. The name is so long. Did this just become it. an intervention? <laughs> is this why I was uh, brought up here? So we can change my Twitter handle? What's going on? So. At the end of the podcast, he's going to hand out stickers. If yeah, your Twitter handle pass sucks. me a new design. <laughs> it's like when you go to like norms, the kids like crayon, each person's going to have a new design for my show. Um, but um, I love the perspective, like both in report, of course, like not every style, like a lot, a lot of, you want to think about in The Force Awakens that introduced Star Wars to a lot of people might not have uh, seen it before and they don't want to get bogged down by things like both of them. Like they have no idea what both of them are. They just want to be as open and as accessible as possible and Star Wars Report is why that happened there. Um, I want to talk a bit about the music of a show, like the intro themes and things. Um, between you guys, which one of you actually wrote the music for your intros, like the actual intro singers? Now, how did you get it to happen then? If, if uh, Riley, if you didn't write it, who did? And then how did you get them to do it? Uh, I, I did what all good podcasters did and asked a buddy if I could use his song. <laughs> um, no, it's funny. Uh, actually, I, I, there's this song that I've liked for a long time by this band High Adventure. Uh, and it's called Farm Boy, and this sort of poetic story of Star Wars that's told kind of in code that if you're a fan, of course, you understand what it is. And it has this super corny, super corny uh, refrain, and I just used that in, in the podcast for like a year, and I'm like, hey, by the way, Glenn, are you cool with this? <laughs> and fortunately, he was, uh, and, it, and it turned out to be like the most divisive thing about my entire podcast. It doesn't matter what I say during it, it's people either love or absolutely hate that song. <laughs> Um, the uh, that's the part I always struggle with most is getting the intro theme because 
I'll try to do it and then it'll sound bad and then I'll hear something else that someone else did, but then I'm too scared to ask them, so then it's just all like... <laughs> um, so we've gone just a quick uh, background about making a name, um, getting your intro theme from good friends, I guess. Um, and then I want to go into the more nitty-gritty of the technical. Um, in terms of podcasting, it, anyone can do it. Every, all of you have a voice and the, all you need is, you could do this with a phone, you just need something with a microphone and a recording software, whether it be like Skype or actual recording software itself. Um, Randy, I'm looking at you. What's, what, what, is, uh, what is your starting point? For like, what was the first microphone you had? Like, how did you start your first podcast? The first podcast mic that we bought for the show was a, uh, I'm not sure if you guys have ever seen it, it's the Blue Yeti. It's like a condenser, right? It's a really yeah. popular microphone. <laughs> the only problem with it is that if you're recording in a room, it picks up everything. So you have to have a room that's treated for it. You have to have people that know their distance between the mic. Really pain. So we went to dynamic mics eventually, and there's a lot of really cheap options for that now that are a lot better in my opinion. Now for those of us that know, don't know, can you explain a dynamic mic versus? A dynamic versus a condenser. A condenser mic picks up a whole 360 degree area. So you get the air conditioner up there, um, you rubbing your feet on the carpet down there, and you talking into the mic. Whereas a dynamic mic is picking up only this area right here. So that's why they're better for rooms that aren't necessarily treated that well, or if you don't have the best mic technique, you're only going to get this over here, but if you pull away from here, not so much. So, I, 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 when I was getting into podcasting, there was this website, it's still there, it's called the Podcast Answer Man, and it's like a guy that did a podcast about how yes. to do a podcast, and he just, he sort of had, I think I paid maybe $50 or something to do like a tutorial, got to sort of be cheaper to do that than like Google for like four weeks and he sort of I just wanted to know the bare minimum like when Randy talks about like the technical stuff I'm just like I have no idea what, what any of that is but I just like read his website and bought the things that he said to get and set the knobs at the place he said to set them <laughs> so that's a really good like resource if you want to learn about the technical like all the if you want to be like me and have no idea what you're doing um, yeah podcastanswerman.com Fantastic. Uh, and now I'm curious, uh, Saf, what do you use for recording? Um, I have, uh, I, it was really nice because I had some terrible mic that I got ages back um, that I was sick of and so I was trying to save up for a new one and um, last Christmas my friends all pitched in and bought me a Rode Podcaster mic. I don't remember which one it was, um, but it's, so yeah, I had this like Rode mic, which is like big, way bigger than what I'm used to, so I always knock it over when I'm podcasting because <laughs> I have a balance like precarity on my computer, so if you've listened to a podcast, you hear just like something fall, that's why. <laughs> I think uh, the, the Blue Yeti, though, is like a go-to for just starting. It's a fantastic mic. It's, it's not too expensive. Uh, it's very easy to use. It's literal plug-and-play. Um, and then you don't need these fancy knobs and things. I mean, um, that's for more advanced things. I do know some of you guys record locally. Like, you're in the house and you're doing it together. Um, for those of you that don't, can you talk a bit about how you podcast with people internationally or, or further away? Um, yeah, um, so I, I guess I use a couple of different things depending on the podcast I'm doing. Mostly um, we podcast over Skype and um, someone has like a recorder that picks up the whole call and so they just get all of us. Um, but sometimes, I think for Western Reaches, both Megan and I 
record locally on our computer, so we both record an Audacity file and then get it edited together later on. Um, and it's definitely a lot more fun recording like with somebody else because you can always read their cues and know when they're going to talk. It's a bit more frustrating recording with no video or anything because then you just over talk like talk over people all the time and it's kind of but it's still it's still nice yeah i always when i do it on the internet i always hesitate to do the video because i'm worried it's going to take up bandwidth yeah especially like in yeah. australia new zealand yeah i just used like a usb mic to do the the skype ones and then i bought a little app called like voice recorder that that records the skype and then i do another show which is like a live call-in show, which is sort of like talkback radio for Star Wars fans. And I do that through Blog Talk Radio, and you pay a subscription a month, and you get like a little, like a like a panel where people call in, and there's a number, and you can like click people through and take calls, and you never know who's going to call in, and it's really fun. So they're the two main ways. But I just use like the, the USB mic was like, like it wasn't over $50. Yeah, yeah. you can get some really cheap USB mics, yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if you guys remember. I know there was an app that came out recently as a website where you each record through it. Uh, oh, Zencaster? Yeah. Yeah, we yeah. use that for um, Western Reaches now, and it's really good. You have to pay for it, but um, it records everyone on the on the website and then uploads it to, like, Dropbox or something, and it gets, it's really handy for getting everyone's channels and everything. Because if I remember correctly, because I've never done a podcast locally, it's always done over Skype, and it's always that problem of somebody's audio will always be higher than another person. And that Zencaster will allow you to, every single person will have their own track, and then you can edit it accordingly, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so something like that, I know, is a godsend for... It's for got, like, a good thing as well for, um, we never use the feature, but, like, it's got a little feature where you can, like, push to, like, raise your hand, basically, like, fake raise your hand so people know you want to talk, which can be good if you, like, don't have video and you want to say something, but you don't want to interrupt. Or you just had your hand cut off at the end of a Star Wars film. Mm. <laughs> oh, That's no. why I haven't used it. I'm scared. <laughs> but yeah, Star Wars Minute, which is like an awesome Star Wars podcast where they analyze the, the films a minute at a time, they use the Zencaster thing. And when I listen, it sounds like everyone's in the same room. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, once you've recorded, there's the editing process. <laughs> um, now... Riley, I want you to tell me a bit about how do you make a show engaging after you've had a long spiel? Sometimes those shows go on for like two hours of just talking. How do you make it down to something that is listenable for a podcasting medium? Yes, it's, it's, um, <laughs> it's taken years, like literally years. And, and I have, a, Riley has a really, really strong opinion on this. You have no idea how excited <laughs> I am to have this, this question. Because it, 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 all, all production and all, uh, like, any show that you do is entirely up to you how you want that show to sound and I think 90% of that can be nailed to the personality and process those two things and so when you come to process the production of your show in my less than humble opinion should be (laughs) live to hard drive as in you're recording as if you're having an actual conversation. If I'm, if I'm talking to Randy, I'm saying, Randy, I really enjoyed the last Jedi trailer. I thought the scene with Ray, I mean, Luke, sorry, let me edit that out. Exactly, yeah. I'm just, no, don't do that. Just, if you, it, it feels awkward at first, but editing can easily, especially as a new podcaster, be a crutch. It certainly was for me. And so I always give myself a time limit. I will, my show will be between 45 minutes and an hour. I hit it like maybe every other week. But I give myself that limit because I know that I'm being self-indulgent if I'm going too long, but that's my responsibility to do 
in the moment as if it were a conversation. If it's a conversation, I'm not going to just talk on and on and on like I am right now. So uh, I, I will now shut up. But I, I do feel really strongly because it, it, if you force yourself to treat this as live radio and to push past your mistakes live and leave them in, it feels weird, but it's just a much more natural and I think it respects your listener a little bit more. I think you get better at it too. Like yes. I've definitely gone a lot better at yeah. like not saying um a lot or like freezing up kind of while I was talking. I was a yeah. lot clunkier at podcasting Definitely. when I started. And yeah, like the more you do it, the better you get at it and then the easier it is to talk. Yeah, I, I'm really fortunate that I get to co-host in a room with my co-host um, because we live locally. But it, it really does not only just help you get better at podcasting, but I think it makes your show more accessible to your audience, too, because they feel like they're part of the conversation when you are doing that, like, sort of off-the-cuff, just natural discussion and trying not to edit. Like, we, I, I don't think we've ever had an edit on my show. There, there was one time. One time. <laughs> one time. Differing opinion. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Oh, boy. When I started doing the comedy podcast, and probably because it's like, you know, you're doing off-the-cuff jokes and stuff, I was like, well, if these people are going to spend an hour of their week with me, I should maybe spend a couple of hours making that as pleasurable as possible. And, like, I understand Riley's point of view, but I always like to, to listen back and make everyone sound a little bit better and, and just edit out a thing. Sometimes, like, the guests might um and ah a little bit and I'd like to make my guests like as sharp as possible present them in the most positive manner and I also find listening back and editing if um, I had a real like issue (laughs) (laughs) I grew up consuming all this California culture in Australia and I like to like 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 and listening back to hours of me throw that in and having to edit it out has sharpened the way I talk so you could you you know there's one point of view where it's like having the mistakes helps you learn but then having to listen back to your mistakes like that makes you like very self-aware so it's like there's no like right way but there's just there's a a, a differing thing and and definitely on the call-in show I like just to have a quick glaze over it because when people call in they sometimes are like super excited and 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 just want to talk over Amanda like every four seconds (laughs) (laughs) now now speaking of like doing a recording like I want to know some software. So you said the software. What was the name of that software for uh, incoming calls during a show? Oh, that well, that's Blog Talk Radio. That's not so much software. It's more a website platform. But I use to edit it. I use um, Audition, which is an Audible uh, Adobe. Sorry, yeah. it's an Adobe. That's a paid software, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, what about you guys? At the end. What do you guys use for for editing? Also Audition. Audition. Yeah, I use Audition too. Okay. Yeah. Audition. But Audacity is a great free alternative to get your uh, fingers wet. And GarageBand, yeah. which comes free with, like, every Mac. So, like, that's where, like, a lot of people start out. Yeah. Yeah, I know GarageBand's a good starting point. Audacity as well, which is free for PC and Mac. And then Audition for, I mean, think more intensive edits. Yeah, it really depends on what you need. If you have just two people that you're trying to mix down, then Audacity kind of does a trick. Yeah, I, and, I just use Audition because I have the Adobe suite and I know Adobe really well. And whenever I try and use Audacity, I always ruin everything. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think, as speaking of software, one last piece that I do really like as a podcaster that I 
recommend is Audition has a tool, but if you don't have Audition, uh, Levelator is a free tool that just automatically levels. It's not perfect, but if, especially if you're starting out and you want to get used to the idea of keeping audio level. It's funny you said that, Steele. I actually, like, I also, um, as podcasters, I think uh, it'd be interesting to see on the table, I might be the only one, but I do like to also go back and listen to the show after I've published, or even before I publish, and just, <laughs> depending on how confident I feel about it, and get a sense for it, because things like Levelator or how you process it in Audition, uh, it, it is really important to have that level consistent. Yeah, don't, I, I don't, like never listen for any enjoyment. Like, it's, it's <laughs> torturous. Yeah. And Especially with your accent. Oh. I'm sorry. All right, this is now a panel on racism in Star Wars. <laughs> wow, I'm glad you could take your white pointy hood off for a few minutes. I'm sorry. Dude, if you want to play. No, I don't. <laughs> I want to add to this, but I like where this is going. This is much better. No, no, go on. Um, I was going to say, as far as, uh, I'm the same way. I listen back to everything just because there's the difference between what you record on your headphones, your monitors, whatever it is you're mixing down on, and most people are listening into their car or earbuds. So what you're mixing down to trying to make sound a certain way, nine out of ten times, is not going to sound the same way by the person you're actually making it for. Um, and as far as like level later things like that, trying to get the uh, level set up, try, always trying to find the most efficient way to get to the same end is always something I've tried to do with the mix. And you have to listen yeah, to everything. That's an awesome point. Like the vast majority of people are probably going to be listening through Apple headphones. And so it's, that's probably a good way to listen back, like through that sort of like bass headphone. That's what you should be aiming for. And like things like having it in stereo and stuff, it's sort of... It's probably too much. I think uh, like a, a good thing you brought that up because you'll edit it usually with uh, nicer headphones and someone will normally listen to it in. Uh, a good habit is listening it to in your car because that's where a lot of people will listen to podcasts and listening it to those Apple earpods. I mean, those are the two most used areas. And if it doesn't sound good there, then your show doesn't sound good and then no one's going to listen to it. So that's just key. You can edit it and make it sound beautiful with beautiful speakers, but you always want to make sure the consumer who's actually going to be listening to it actually has something that sounds good. Um, now, I wanted to, to move into more um, the show itself, the content. Um, specifically, a lot of you, you have your co-hosts, but sometimes you bring on guests to make the show a little uh, special. Like, um, uh, like you just had, I think, uh, Stephen Senton just not too long ago. Um, can you talk a bit about how you got some guests onto your show, uh, especially like Lucasfilm guests, such as uh, actors and voice actors and things like that? Um, and it's not content, it's hashtag content. I just have to correct you. It's keeps to the hashtags. I, I don't know, I'm, I write a good email. So I, I just, like, and, and a lot of the times if you find out, I, I, like, I don't know, it's different because my podcast, I was trying to find people that you wouldn't know were into Star Wars that were into Star Wars. So they were, a lot of people were quite sort of flattered or interested in that idea because like there's this thing like famous people like talking about things that they're not famous for like do you know what I mean like a great actor wants to be told how good a singer they are it's this really strange phenomenon and like with Stanton I don't know Stanton's just so active in like on Twitter and stuff like he's he's such a good ambassador for Star Wars that yeah he just started interacting and he just followed me on Twitter one day and 
Mike Moran. Actually, the first time I ever spoke to him, he like, we're doing the call-in show, and he direct messaged me, just like, I'm calling in on this number. <laughs> and... Like Grand Moff Tarkin called into the show, and like we were like, yeah, it was it was it was quite strange, and yeah. So sometimes like we'll be doing the call-in show, and we'll get a transmission from Admiral Raddus, and I'm, I'm normal talking to him, but when he does a character voice, it's like it's a bit much. Yeah. Um, we I, get, oh, no, I was going to say I have nothing to contribute. I'm sorry. Um, on we sort of reaches, we get guests semi regularly. Um, we had Alex Freed, who wrote a couple of the Star Wars books. Um, we got him by emailing him and not going through Lucasfilm because technically we got him on to talk about stuff that wasn't Star Wars, um, which is a sneaky way to do it, but it worked. Um, yeah, uh, the best way to do it really is just to email like their publisher, like their PR or whatever, um, or just email them and just be like, hey, I'm doing a podcast, I want to talk about this, would you be keen to come on? And usually they will because they like talking about stuff, especially if like you let them decide what they want to talk about sometimes, sometimes they just want to be told, but it's people are lovely like they like talking to people and like especially in the Star Wars community they love fans so yeah yeah also with, with like other Star Wars podcasters like sometimes it, like there seems like there's like groups like whether it's a podcast network or a group of podcasts that sort of like podcast with each other and go on each other's shows and I sort of had this thing where I listened to all these different shows and I kind of like I thought it would be interesting just to extend the family tree so they all, like, if you had, like, a, a diagram of, like, this person went on that, like, to just to have, like, this wide variety of podcasts that so it was sort of all linked. I just thought that was, like, a really interesting thing to do is to have maybe a, a, a podcast where that person from that podcast and that person on that podcast have never been on the same podcast, whether it's not the same time or not. But, I don't know, I just... I just took some satisfaction from that, that it was like this conduit of like all these different podcasts sort of thing. Like everyone's got friends and stuff, but I think the whole clicky group where it gets too far is just like like super lame. So, yeah. That's like pretty interesting, man. I don't understand what you just said. Like a mashup? No, keep digging. <laughs> I like never, a mashup. We never, we never have interviews on our show. We tried to do interviews early on for uh, authors, and we just found that it just wasn't like our kind of show. Like, why are we actually doing interviews? Do are we doing it because yeah. we want to pull in people to a show that we aren't necessarily, necessarily aren't? And then we stopped doing them all together. It's, yeah. it's too much squeeze for the juice, I guess. And that's a, that's an interesting way of looking at it because like that has slowly kind of become our philosophy as well. I think. To, the philosophy for the Star Wars Report is more and more over time to do an interview you want to have a good reason to do it and I, I would find myself trying to schedule like I'm going to try to get a big guest every week and and I would spend much more time and energy doing that than I was is this show good is the content something people are interested in because especially when it comes to Lucasfilm guests I think sometimes it can be cool to have someone on, but if it's listeners and someone who does like appearing on podcasts and has been on a lot, stop and think, is, is this something that your listeners already heard many, many times? And sometimes that is the case. Sometimes. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
Sometimes it isn't, but it is something to think about. Yeah. Time. Well, it's interesting. Like one of the most download ones I've done over the past few months was my friend Callum, who had never seen any Star Wars films. And so I thought it'd be an interesting experiment to take someone that hadn't seen a Star Wars film to see Rogue One and try to work out what's going on. And so like that's like technically the worst guest on a Star Wars podcast ever. <laughs> but the concept people found interesting, so it, like it, it went really well. Yeah, we always aim Voice and Reaches to get guests that we genuinely want to talk to about something. Like Alex Freed made sense for us because we both love Twilight Company a lot. Um, yeah, it's just people that we want to have a conversation with. We don't aim for big guests because you know they wrote that book or they were in that movie because we wouldn't, we might not enjoy talking to them, and that's what we want. Uh, from experience, I do know for some Lucasfilm guests um, on some of my like the Rebels Report stuff, you would actually have a representative from Lucasfilm on the chat, not talking on mute, but listening to make sure that nothing uh, was said that was out of place. And, and then those interviews sometimes can be more manufactured like responses to, to questions. And it's not something that, like yeah, Riley was saying, something that is genuine. Maybe it's something that it's new, not so much. It's probably something that's been heard many times. And what makes you different from everyone else? Um, now, moving on to once we've made our shows and we've, we've done our name and we've done our, our recording, where do we put it? Where do we put our episodes? Who wants to start? I'm all laying out of this one. In the cloud. In the cloud. Now, the thing about podcasting is while it's free to listen to through like iTunes or, or whatever uh, medium you use, majority of the time for the actual podcaster itself, there's, you can still host them for free, but you might lose a little bit from it. So some of it does come out of your pocket to actually uh, make sure that everyone can get it. Now, can you guys shed some light what you guys use uh, for hosting? Sure. Um, for now, this is podcasting. We host on SoundCloud, which I really, really like because... They make it really easy to distribute your show, and it looks everywhere. It looks good everywhere you put it. Um, but we do have to pay for that for the unlimited storage because if you don't do that, then they start kicking your files off. Um, but for my show, Rebel Girl, we host that on our own server, um, which can can be a really cheap option if you are familiar with that kind of thing because you can buy really cheap hosting now just for storing. Um, files like whether it's through Amazon or like a private host or something like that and then you can use some other way to distribute it like we uh, run our website through WordPress and use a WordPress plugin called PowerPress to uh, actually make the feed for the show and send that out to iTunes and whoever else um, so there's there's lots of options I know a lot of people use like Podbean and Libsyn and yeah, I started on Libsyn, but I now use an Australian company called Omni but they're, they're open to everyone even New Zealanders. <laughs> and they make it really simple. Like, it's quite... Like, there's a button, like, submit podcast to iTunes. And it, it's quite... They've done a lot of the technical legwork and the coding stuff, and they generate a player for you, and the player's quite modern-looking. So that, that's a good one as well. Um, I'm curious for, like, as you at the end, like, what do you guys use uh, for hosting... Uh, I guess you guys are all, all making Star Wars, but um, Riley, what do you use? Uh, I don't recommend it, <laughs> but well, I, and I, in some ways I do. I, I do have a self-hosted WordPress site, um, and I actually upload my MP3 files to that, and then I do the WordPress plugin. If that sounded like I was just speaking Java, it's because I kind of was, and it took me a long time to figure out. And the tech, the tech, and the tools when I started were still there were some options, but they weren't very good. Now, SoundCloud, Libsyn, I think those are your two best, uh, or. We'll, we'll give the Australian something on me, I guess. 
I guess. Okay. But all three are good. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, and, and when it comes to hosting, it's, it's not that expensive. Like, it's, it's worth the investment. And I, I do know SoundCloud makes it look very nice, like in a Facebook feed yeah. or, or yeah. on a Twitter feed. The, the SoundCloud app is the worst. Oh, the app is I terrible. I hate the app so but much. But its embedding features is great. Yeah. Um, now, once, uh, like a bit more into like the whole hosting part of it, um, you guys, I know some of you have your own podcast networks, some of you are making podcast networks. Um, what's the benefit of either joining a podcast network or making one? If you want to speak to that. Having a community. It's really nice having, like, because I'm part of, I think, three networks now. Um, and it's just, it's really nice. Everyone's just your friend and you can talk to them and, like, ask for advice or, like, just chat to them about podcasting or anything you want. It's kind of like joining a little podcasting family, really, and it's, it's lovely. Yeah. And there's, there's sort of two types of podcast networks. There's sort of, like, like the Making Star Wars one or, or like, the one Saf's seen. It's, it's a bit more of just, you know, like-minded crew and we promote each other. And then there's, like the podcast networks that sort of go out and find advertising for you and that sort of thing. So sometimes, like, the podcast network thing, it, like, it sounds more serious than it is sort of thing. Like, and you said, like, that we all... Like, like we don't upload in the podcast network to, like, the same... Like, we're all sort of just doing our own thing. Like, I, I don't want my files anywhere near anything Johnny Grasso has got to do with... <laughs> So yeah, there's two different types of podcast networks. So like like a like podcast one, which is like a really corporate. That's like where all like Stone Cold Steve Austin is and stuff like that. And when that's like totally different to like the majority of like the Star Wars ones, which is sort of just like, hey, we're friends, let's promote each other. We're all around this website sort of thing. Yeah, I look at it more like a like a a rock label, like where you have a bunch of bands that are kind of like minded, and you bring your audiences to their shows and vice versa. And everyone kind of just gets boosted up by being together and kind of having that same kind of like-mindedness. Yeah, but comparing a podcast network to a rock label oh, is that huge wishful thinking there. <laughs> um, he's talking about the network that won Best Network two years in a row, so you can check him out. <laughs> the, the network with ego problems. <laughs> Give one to talk, mister. Now, uh, like, you did mention a bit like monetizing podcasts, one of the things... Um, you guys, uh, like, Steele, you are known for your merchandising. You have some amazing <laughs> merchandise. You're familiar with it. <laughs> have you heard of the Your Snokes Theory Sucks? Have you blogged negatively about... <laughs> I, don't, like, I had no... Like, it was sort of like I had no choice. Like, someone said to me, like, oh, you come up with all these stuff. It's like, oh, that's just... I couldn't... I just like making jokes about things. Like, yeah, I don't know. It's not like a real contrived thing. It's just like, oh, this joke's funny. I can put it in this font. And then I'll normally like mock it up and like WhatsApp it to Jason and see if he laughs at it. And then if he says it's funny, then I'm like, I'll make it a sticker. But I I did... When the Snoke Theory Sucks thing was... um, I was going to Celebration in London and... Like, normally people hand out, like, flyers and stuff. And I was just like, well, if I hand out flyers, they're just, I'm just going to see them on the ground for three days and it's going to bum me out. So I'll make something that people would want and find funny or highly offensive, unknowing to myself. <laughs> and then people would just stick the sticker and then down on a tiny bit of font, it would say, oh, yeah, and listen to the podcast. So it was like a little, like, it was the item that was, like, that people wanted 
and then there was like a bit of advertorial at the bottom of that and it like it worked out like unbelievably well it was thrilling how much it like just went it was crazy merchandising is really fun because it is a way to sort of like get your name out there and get your podcast out there um, in a way that's not just like sitting on Twitter and Facebook all day and saying, please listen to my podcast. Um, and there's really easy avenues too. I know most people now make t-shirts and there's like a dozen great websites where, am I messing up? Do you want this? Yeah. There you go. <laughs> um, there's like a, a lot of good resources for making t-shirts, buttons, stickers, and it's all super easy. You just submit your own designs and they handle the shipping and the printing and all that stuff. And, um, you know your your fans can buy them directly through them and i mean still does all like his own stuff himself and he like ships out stuff to people because he's crazy i would never do that what are some of the uh the resources you use for that uh t public is where we make all of our t-shirts and then this great website called pure buttons does really beautiful buttons and i don't know where everyone else does things I think we use T public. I'm not actually sure. Yeah, we use T public. Uh, Riley, can you talk a bit about like Patreon? Like, how does that help your your show? And uh, sure, um, Patreon is like podcasters' uh, gift from the gods. <laughs> like, I and I, I became a, I was really skeptical about this at first. Like, you're really just gonna ask your listeners to give you money for something that you just do for free? Like, oh, I'll and I, and I was trying to think of like, what could I do? I mean, maybe release more podcasts. I don't, but I already release podcasts. Why? Why would anybody be interested? And then uh, I real, then I stopped for a second. And realized, Wait, I pledge a lot of money to podcasters I like, and I did. I, did, I wasn't even thinking about that. So basically, what Patreon is is it's a platform for you to support independent creators, whether they're artists, YouTubers, uh, and of course podcasters, and. It's a great way to support shows to the extent that the audience think the show's worth. And so I could go into a lot of detail on, like, you can set up levels and different ideas for rewards and how to uh, do different ways of making it attractive. But really, the number one thing about Patreon is do you have a community there? It's funny, because still you were talking about the, the stickers and stuff, but there, it, it's not just about it being funny. The fact that you've made the joke on the show and you've talked about it, there's a community you've built and there's an in-joke. To be an in-joke or to be a thing, you have to have a community. And that's, so if Patreon only works if it's not a bunch of people passively listening to a show and then forgetting about it. If you're engaging and you're talking to people on Twitter and they're emailing you and you're talking, that's a good sign that Patreon might be a good thing. Uh, if, it's, if that's not happening, it might be the time to keep building uh, up the audience and the, and the interaction first. And um, I'm, I want to know from you guys as well, um, once everything's done, you still have to get the shows out there. Yeah. Can you just talk a bit about sharing social media um getting the name out there getting your show out there uh what do you guys do uniquely for your shows to make you guys make your voices heard we make fun of our fans i'm kidding oh no (laughs) we don't do that we we are we just have incessant tweeting basically is what we do yeah twitter's great like and not just like the show's available the show's available Here's the link. Here's you're, the show's about. No, actually, yeah. if you're interacting and, and just having conversations, especially, here's the hint, with other podcasters, mm. and you're funny and engaging and making friendships on Twitter, because that's exactly what happens, you can jump on each other's podcasts, and it's a great way to pro- cross-promote. Yeah. And that's like the, speaking of community, that's the actual foundation of it. Like, like, that's the beginning. Social media is great, but you can't just use it for just advertising. You have yes. to, if you want to use social media to its best potential, you have to make it a community. You have to build, like, 
a personality around it and actually like talk to people make friends with people basically or else you just look kind of like a cold face robot and nobody actually wants to listen to what you're talking like if you just post like our latest episode is out listen to it now kind of thing or in case you missed it our episode yeah. that's your only feed nobody's gonna follow I that. see him what nobody yeah. cares and it's like make it make it your own and just make friends and speaking of patreon and community like the Star Wars Report Patreon supporter meetup slash dinner started 15 minutes ago. And I was terrible. And Andy was nice enough to ask me on here. And so I hosted a meetup. So I'm going to be good to the people who support me. And I'm going to have to bow out a couple minutes early. But Andy. Well, thank dude, you so much for coming. Thanks it's for having me, man. For your insight. Yeah, appreciate it. Appreciate it. Thanks, everybody. Appreciate it. Start a podcast. Start a podcast. Hey, and then send me a tweet. And then we'll get you on the show to promote your podcast. Oh, well, <laughs> there you go. Do that. Fancy promoting a competitive event at the same time, that is... <laughs> you have to pledge on patreon.com. <laughs> um, and then I know as well for your shows, like a big part of it can be iTunes reviews and things like that. Uh, what's the importance of that, uh, having a review on your show? And- Self-esteem. Yeah. <laughs> no. It can help people find your show, like, the more ratings and reviews you get. But we, it's really hard to get people to review your show. Like, even if they love it, they hate writing reviews. It's the worst. Like, it's yeah. not written negative reviews. Yeah, the, people will yeah. write negative reviews, but, like, people who love your show, it is impossible to get them to do it. You can bribe them with whatever you want. They still will never do it because it's just, I don't even know why. It's you know, just, it's uh, how, many, how many podcasts have you actually reviewed? Hey, I've reviewed a bunch. I've reviewed, uh, no, I'm like, not saying, but I'm saying the average person doesn't oh, yeah. really review podcasts. No, so true. when you're thinking, like, oh, dude, they should yeah, be yeah, reviewing yeah. me, it's like, I mean, most people don't have aren't going to spend like 10 minutes or 15 minutes yeah. to give this like four paragraph yeah, yeah. I mean like it's a pain in the ass to do which is why a lot of people don't do it but it's just yeah. like yeah <laughs> but it, it doesn't have to be that like it's it's literally a minute and you just like do five stars to be like a podcast yeah and you have to what you have to realize before you get into it is like the engagement with that sort of stuff is is so low like with like an, an iTunes review it might be like like under five percent of your listenership, and that's just how humans work, I guess. And then there's like people, there's like some people that just listen. Like it's so, I find it so weird. There's like th- like thousands of people that listen that I have no idea who they are. And then there's like this group of people that yeah. I hear from every five minutes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> and which makes coming to something like this, like to celebration, so cool. But it's it's just really weird, like. The engagement for like an iTunes review, I would say, is it's, it's under ten percent, and then the engagement for like a Patreon would be easily under five percent. Like the Patreon thing is like awesome once it's sort of up and going and you've built up a fan base, but like I think it's like a fool's errand to start with the goal to start a Patreon. Oh yeah, absolutely. Patreon's really hard, and the problem with that is as well, like because it's got its own creator feed and everything. But if you have like an active Twitter account or something. People are like, why bother following Patreon if I can just follow you everywhere else kind of thing. So you've got to, like, make it make different. It worth it. Yeah, you got to make it worth it, too. Yeah, and I, t- I tell you, okay, if you have, you're going to start a podcast and you've got, like, a podcast Twitter account, I, I find if you are, re- like, if you listen, I try to, like, like, a couple times a week, the podcast that I've listened to, I will tweet out and go, hey, these guys dropped a sweet episode, you know, check it out. And then, like... 
that might create like some energy that then they then they do that for someone else and you shouldn't be like scared to have your listeners listen to other podcasts you should be confident in what you do there's so many different ways to talk about star wars and to worry like to try to like i don't want to share anything else like it's I don't know. It's you're, you're you're cutting out so much fun for this game that might never happen. So just enjoy it. And you know, someone was talking to me the other day, like here, that they're going to start a podcast. Oh, we don't, we might not have any listeners. And I'm like, well, are you going to talk Star Wars with your friends and have fun? And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, well. Like, who cares? Just upload it on the internet. And if you're having a good time, but like if you're going into it with this like Patreon thing and, and advertising and all that, then you're just going to hate it because it doesn't yeah. come yeah, like it that. It takes a while to get there. Yeah, really, if, if the intent is to get an audience or to get like e-famous or Patreon money or whatever, you really got to rethink where you're coming at it because it takes so long to build those audiences organically. If you try and get at them that way, it's even harder and it takes longer. Um, but yeah, once you have a really rich audience and especially when you have diehard fans that are willing to like literally tweet your stuff every five minutes or what have you, um, then it becomes more engaging and more fun and easier to reach out to other audiences as well. And I think another thing that I try to let people know is how cool that is that they do it and how much it means to me that someone takes like a minute to write an iTunes review or read like it's like if you get if, if, if all your listeners got one extra listener then you've doubled your listenership. So, like, if someone's only got, like... uh, You know, I've spoken to people, they're like, I've only got 12 followers on Twitter, so I don't retweet it. And it's like, well, one of them might listen to it. And it's also, like, just the spirit of it. Someone retweets, I'm like, that's sick. Like, that someone, like, put their feed in there or they wrote a review. Like, I think it's so cool. And I think that the listeners don't know how empowered they are to, like, help the podcaster. Well, I want to just take a few questions from the audience before we wrap up, because we're about to wrap up very soon. Um, we'll take a couple quick questions, if, uh, if we can start. Yep, yeah, right, Preacher. Hey, I'm Carl from the Omnibus. Um, thank you. I want to thank you guys, because a lot of everybody you have there is why I started playing. Oh, thank you, man. That's awesome. And everybody, I've listened to all your shows. Oh, thank you. Cheers. Thanks, man. Okay, big win for the Australian stuff. There we go. Out. I'm mad about it, but I'm going to check it out. Don't feel so bad. I'm married to somebody from New Zealand. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. But yeah, that's like, it's like it's overwhelming to hear. The internet is like, like it kind of sucks, <laughs> but it's like, I was just like an idiot Star Wars fan in Melbourne, which is like essentially like Tatooine, like in the Star Wars world. And now I can come and like, yeah, right. like I've just through the podcasting thing, I've got like just amazing friends. And like, I only met Saf like on Thursday. We was right. like seeing an old friend because we'd like listened to each other on podcasts and done podcasts together. And it, for all the like the negativity of the internet and stuff, like it does, like it, it's so enriching. Are you doing this on purpose? What do you mean? <laughs> Am I saying like a lot? Yeah. Oh, dude, we've had the longest two days. <laughs> this guy a break. You've been going pretty hard, man. <laughs> I'm really bullying you. I couldn't tell if it was a gag. 
sorry, you know you're a troll. But I, I just, you know, I'm not specifically Star Wars or science fiction in general, but mm. I have listened to all your shows and Awesome. I hope you're going to be talking about what? Dune. It's just, it, it is, I don't have a big following yet, but I've only been doing it for eight years. <laughs> eight years? How often, how often do you release? Once every two weeks. Once every two Right. Yeah, that, that is the best reason for not putting out too many podcasts. Yeah. It's like, yeah, hey, right, about, where's yeah. your new podcast, man? I'm a nine one one supervisor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta well, get that show out. There. Send us your information and we'll share it. We, I know our audience should be definitely interested. Nice. Well, thank Sweet. you very much. Um, uh, Ahsoka shirt. Uh, black Ahsoka shirt right there. Yeah, I was wondering if you've run into any legal issues, copyright or otherwise. Ooh, legal <laughs> issues, copyright or otherwise? No. I, I find it, it's, it's way more on YouTube. Like, sometimes I'll ac- like someone will make a clip for me and they'll accidentally use, or just not thinking will put Star Wars music and then you instantly get that, like, Sony Classic has claimed this. But... I don't know, podcasting's, it's sort of the Wild West. Yeah, nobody yeah. really, I haven't mm. heard of anyone getting in legal trouble for the music they use or anything. It's going to happen eventually. It's going to happen eventually, but yeah. it hasn't happened yet. No, copyright trolls do exist, and if you're using music that you don't have the license for, eventually someone is going to buy that license with the intent of finding people using it. Yeah. So be very careful with the music you use. Make sure you either have a license to use it for the year, and most of the times it costs like 20 or $30 for the entire year to use music. And or have one of your best case scenario, you have someone make the music for you. That way, you have consent to actually have it. But don't put like Michael Jackson on your podcast and wonder why all of a sudden you have a lawsuit. Yeah, like on Ace Space, we used um, a couple songs like from things, but we actually asked the artist if we could use them first, so we got consent for those. Right. In most cases, there as long as you, yeah, as long as you ask, you ask him. Yeah, you're, yeah. you're gonna be alright. Well, thank you for that question. Um, the pink hat, yep. Um, thanks for hosting. Question <laughs> 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 late, so first I was wondering if when you guys answered this question, if you could just mention the name of your podcast again. I know you're all super famous, I'm like, I probably know that right But, just, um, sorry, I'm not but I was wondering if you each could have like a dream guest on your show, who would you have on your show? So dream guest, who would you have on your show? Uh, Mark Hamill, without question. Yeah. Yeah, man. Oh, and my podcast is called Steel Wars. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, Mark Hamill. With, just because I'm a Luke guy. Yeah. Um, I do Rebel Girl, and my dream guest would be Ahmed Best. Nice. Um, I, I am on Rogue Padron, Western Reaches, and I've gotten the other one. <laughs> I'm so bad at this. <laughs> Blaster Cannon podcast. Um, and my dream guest would probably be like Amy Hennig, who's doing narrative design and writing right. for one of the new Star Wars games, because um, she's an amazing game writer, and I do game writing. Mark Hamill, I guess. That, that was a really good answer. <laughs> you took my answer. Well, now I feel bad about taking his answer. We already have Steel. He's already been a guest on the show numerous times, so that's already off the, off the bucket list. Yeah, Mark Hamill. He just seems like such a cool guy. Down to earth, you can talk about it. Seems like anything. That'd be cool. And now this is podcasting. I produce Rebel Girl. And I also do uh, Fingered by Randy and Jason. <laughs> I love that name. <laughs> Sorry you're off now, huh? Yeah. Uh, the blue hat. Thank you for the question. Yeah, I'm curious kind of what, what your motivation is for starting this 
starting a podcast? Is it, is it like the initial like now I'm going to start a podcast? Is it to, to gather a following or is it just to talk about something that you that, like? You have a passion for Star Wars. What was you know? Is it, is it, is it daunting to start from ground zero? You know, and, and I mean, like what what is the motivation to start from nothing to build it up to whatever you've whatever you done? So what was your motivation? Oh, well, I was kind of lucky that I kind of just got dragged into it by other people. I really wanted to do it, um, and then I was writing for a site, Force Cult, which is now part of the Making Star Wars Network, um, and they started a podcast, and they were like, Seth, do you want to be on there? I was like, sweet. And eventually I left that and got dragged on now this podcasting and other things. Um, and my motivation was just that I really wanted to talk about Star Wars with my friends. And when I, when I live in New Zealand, my friends are like nerds, but they're not like big Star Wars nerds like all of you guys. Um, so, like... It was just a really good chance to just do that. I didn't really care about getting an audience of like listeners. I whenever I get told like my listener numbers, I'm like, are you kidding yeah. me? Like people yeah. actually listen to me. I have the worst accent, but um, yeah, it was just I just wanted to talk and just be passionate. Yeah, I think for me, I really wanted to share like my particular Star Wars experience. I've been very fortunate. Like the last ten years, I've had like a close knit group of Star Wars friends, but I remember what it was like before that. Where it was really really hard to find people to talk to Star Wars about and. Uh, really hard to connect uh, on that level. So when I had that sort of camaraderie, I wanted to share that. And so that's why me and my co-host, we've been friends for years. We're very close and we just like to talk about it and we like to do it in a very casual, accessible way. And um, I really wanted it to be something that people could just enjoy and not have to like work to understand or sort of feel like they were out of the loop like we try not to do too many inside jokes or make fun of ourselves too much but yeah it's just I mean that's what everyone wants to do when they're podcasting is they want to talk about Star Wars they want to hear themselves talk about Star Wars and they want to do it with their friends um, and I think that's that's a good motivation for everyone is just to want to share that yeah when, when I, I started the comedy podcast it was sort of like that was like a great way to get your name out there as a comedian and then when Disney bought uh, Star Wars and my wife was living overseas and I was just like kind of lonely and I had all this free time and so I thought I would start to do it and, cause, and just because I thought there was a, something different to add that the stories of, of that sort of thing, yeah. Jason, Jason, um, him and I are probably... We, our whole job is to make each other laugh. So that was basically the intent of the show, just to be able to make each other laugh for about an hour. <laughs> about an hour. Uh, well, thank you. Um, the uh, Han Solo shirt. Okay. Uh, quick question. Uh, I've been thinking about doing a podcast. How many episodes, and maybe I missed at the beginning, would you guys say you should have on your belt before you release it? Because I've seen some <laughs> local podcasts that started and, you know, got busy and they just stopped all together. You know, they say, oh, it's coming back, and then a couple months go by. Is there a number you guys would say, or you just do it every week and just keep it up? So, so the question was like, how yeah. long between a hiatus? There's, there's right? other questions. Yeah, like, it, what kind of show are you recording? Like, are you recording a news-based show? If that, if that's the case, then you have to be consistent. You have to be on either a weekly, bi-weekly basis, and you have to stick to that. And as soon as you aren't on that weekly basis, then you drop the ball. But if you have stuff that you can backlog and you're doing like interviews and you can backlog them weeks on end, then yeah. Yeah, I, I would say once you have one podcast, then you can release it. Yeah. I think the thing that would hold back a lot of people is waiting for the perfect storm of like having this set up and this and when that person's in town, like you're never going to do it. it. It's like, like 
leave if you want to start one just say I'm going to have I'm going to release an episode by a date and and do it by then and it's not like your first one isn't going to be good like and and it's going to get better and it it's on the job training because it's mm-hmm. not a job you're just doing it for fun and yeah so that would I like Oh, that was two in a row. That sucked. Um, <laughs> very long day. Very long day. Yeah, just get into it and don't overcommit yourself. If you're just going to start, maybe do. I'm going to do one a month because that seems like an easy thing. And then once you do it more, you work out a workflow, ways to cheat, like copy the show note format from one to put in the other. Like you come up with all these ways to cut corners, and then that allows you to speed up the process of putting them out. But if you say I'm going to do a podcast a week, and the first one takes you eight days from recording to get out, well then it's going to like weigh on you. So give yourself like a wide berth. And then once you get like a workflow, then you can go a lot faster. Cool. Thank you for that. So we'll take one more question because I think we have to wrap it up. Uh, go right ahead. Yeah. Um, I was wondering what your like show prep looks like for each of you. Like what kind of notes you keep or not keep, um, <laughs> et cetera. Yeah. What kind of notes do you keep? <laughs> um, I, oh man, after being on like their, their notes, so many how, how do our, how, like, what you are our notes like? Pages and pages of stuff, like pictures and stuff. It's intense. It and is, yeah. It's when, intense. when when you get sent the email, it's just like, whoa. <laughs> I would get like distracted and I'd look back and be like, oh no, I don't even know where we are anymore. I'm so lost. The best thing is when you're you're like tired because usually we record about like midnight. Yeah. And when you see like 35 pages, you're like, oh man, we're gonna be up till five in the morning. But then all of my other podcasts, at least for Rogue Quadrant, we usually have notes except for the one time we didn't, where we had to wing the entire thing. It was great. Because we're talking about the book, so we need our breakdowns. But like Western Reaches, we write like, um, like the number of the episodes, we don't get that wrong. And then we're like the books we've read, and then the games we play, and then like if we have a topic, we'll be like write like one thought in there. It's like nothing. And I've been on podcasts that have no notes, and so like they let me on. They're like, "Do you want to be on our podcast?" I'm like, "Yeah." And then they bring me on. Like, where are your notes? And like, "Oh, we don't do them." I'm like, "Cool, okay." <laughs> like it, it, it depends on who you are as a person and what you want out of your show. In the format of the show. So if I'm doing an interview, like I will research them and find interesting talking points. But then all, like if I just stick to those talking points, I'm so bummed. Like I want them to say to something and then I react to that and then we go off there and then come back. And then the best cheat is the call-in show because people call in with the topics (laughs) and it's like bang. So it's literally my prep for that one is make coffee and have enough coffee to last me an hour and a half. (laughs) Yeah, make sure you've gone to the bathroom beforehand as well because needing to pee while you're podcasting is not fun. Yeah. Or oh, it's a whole other genre. Yeah. It depends on how you look yeah. at it. Well, thank you all for joining us today. <laughs> I hope you guys took something out. Um, you can find everybody on the different iTunes feeds. Uh, their Twitter handles are all pretty much the same as their names, except the Now This Is Podcasting one. Uh, good luck finding their Twitter handle. Cause I don't know what it is. Um, but thank you all for coming, and please enjoy the rest of Star Wars Celebration. Thank you. Cheers, you guys. Thank you. What? Really? <gasps> Young Luke book. Oh, wow. oh.
So that was super fun. You guys now all know how to podcast like a Jedi Master. Uh, I'm excited for tonight because we've got the Making Star Wars podcast party mashup live show. And uh, I think we're going to show how not to podcast like a Jedi Master at that one. I hope you guys got something out of that if you have a growing interest in Star Wars podcasting. And I think you know one of the main things is there's no set rules of what you should or shouldn't do. There's a lot of opposing but uh, legitimate opinions on the panel just then. But it was really cool and we had a pretty full room and uh, one very suspicious man with his arms crossed with sunglasses at the back of it. But we, we won't go into that. But if you are new to the show and you just wanted to catch the podcasting panel, uh, go back and check a few of our previous episodes that we've done over Celebration. As I said at the start, we've got the cast interviews, we've got my in-panel reaction to the teaser, and our in-panel reaction when John Williams was revealed. And of course, our back catalogue episodes, a few of the ones I always direct people to are the Stephen Stanton episode where uh, Admiral Raddus and Rebels' Tarkin tells all about how he uh, got his voice acting roles and his Star Wars fandom. That one has been super popular. Uh, Nathan Hamill, the son of Mark, talking about... About what it's like to be a huge Star Wars fan when Luke Skywalker is your actual father. And Leonard Moulton. I always love that one with film critic legend Leonard Moulton talking about interviewing George for those Star Wars box sets back in the 90s. Uh, please subscribe on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts because we've got tons more Star Wars celebration content to be recorded. Today might be a bit out of order because I want to put this as a separate episode and uh, then we'll have the wrap-up from the uh, podcast party after this. If you're enjoying all the shows, please share on Facebook, Twitter, and all that good thing. We are at Steel Wars on all social media. Let's go have some more fun. May that force be with you. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.